What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland, for innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I want winners. I want people that want to win. Merry Christmas, everybody. Rod and I are back. It's post-Monday Night Football, and this is going to be, I think it's going to be a hard one because I think what some people may expect us to do is make excuses, is say, ah, this one doesn't matter. Uh, But what I like to do, especially when the team loses, is try to find something in there that I can learn from about this football team. And I think there was a lot of things to learn about the 49ers when it comes to playing these tough, tough teams. And also when it comes to playing from behind that, that has been a struggle for this team in the Shanahan era. So I hope the fans know that we like to keep it as real as we can and still be the fans that we are, but we want, we want, you know, we're not going to put, you know, we're not going to put frosting on this one. Uh, I think there are a lot of things that if you're being real about the team, you kind of have to talk about all the flaws in this game. And I think that's what we're going to do. So Rod, first off, how was your Christmas? Very good. Um, Played a little golf. There you go. Um, Went over to my dad's house and um, my stepmom made a really nice meal. Um, it was good. And then, you know, football, I'm, I'm going to be honest, if I'm 100% transparent, <laughs> I like slept through that um, Eagles-Giants game. I, yeah, that, yeah, I didn't watch much of that at all. And I was playing golf while the, the Raiders and them were playing. So um, I was all, it was all, football-wise, it was way, and I watched a little bit of the Warriors. Um, oh, that, yeah, that was, that, that was, not it, bad. It was interesting, but I didn't think they were winning at any point in that game for some reason. <laughs> Not at all. Yeah. So yeah. it was all for me. It was leading, you know, everything. All roads led to the Niners, Ravens, and like you said, you know, there are there's a lot to learn. Um, but I I came in knowing that this is a good football team, and yes. to think that, you know, and I, I guess that's something you kind of just chalk up to fandom. It's like we had it all figured out. I mean, like we hadn't done this already, you know, six weeks ago with the Cowboy win. It's like, okay, now it's all figured out and we're not going to lose again in the Super Bowl bound. When that just, you know, this was definitely, even as well as we've been playing, 
you know, this was a losable game. Though that the Ravens oh, yeah. are playing really well, and they're a good football team. So I, I guess let's start there. Is that this was you know, it's not like a shot. I mean, I didn't. Nobody, I wasn't calling Brock to throw four picks. No, <laughs> but um, it was it, it and to be completely honest, I didn't think we'd lose by two touchdowns. No. Um, but the fact that we lost is not a huge shock. Um, there were some aspects of the way it happened that um, we just simply hadn't seen before. But, you know, that's where I want to start. Is you just got to give the Ravens props. They, they are coming in. I knew they're a good football team, and they played a really, really good game. Um so there's no shame in losing to them, but um, I, I, you know, I hope we can, you know, talk some people off the ledge and find <laughs> some kind of silver lining in this mess. Um, Cause you know, I just, we, neither one of us tend to be um, as reactionary as some, so I'm not ready to slip my wrist or anything, but there are some things that were concerned um, of, First and foremost is the offensive line. Um, that's a problem. We've talked about this many times. When Trent's not in there, you know, his presence, it's felt. I mean, yep. it's, it's a different situation. Now, again, I don't know how much stock you want to put in that in this game because, you know, the horse was kind of out of the barn at that point when he left the game, but still, I think that him not being there kind of put the kibosh on any kind of real, um, comeback efforts. I thought, you know, and then once we're doing musical chairs and McKivitz is at left guard and Burford is at right guard. I mean, right, right tackle and Burford is at right tackle. And then Bart, who I've only <laughs> seen in transactions. I mean, I, knew he was on the practice squad and had been called up, but I couldn't pick him out of a lineup. And then once he's out there, I mean, it's just, you know, it's hard to expect anything, any kind of miracles to happen under those circumstances. So hopefully Trent, you know, groin is one of those things that it's kind of funky. It could be that those things kind of tend to linger. So we just hope he can get back. Um, and we can be intact as much as possible. Um, and then I don't really know what the deal was with banks either. Um, so yeah, it's, you know, a lot of questions coming out of this game. Sounds like Trent didn't speak, but said something to the effect of that, you know, he should be okay, but he did not speak today. Uh, you, you talk about Barch. We actually had some, some straight up information in the discord today about Barch because Shelvin was like, who the hell is Barch? And then Davis said he went to St. John's university in Minnesota and Davis's dad was the golf coach when he was there. And he was one of the top three, top D three prospects going into his draft. So there's a little bit more information. If you saw Hmm. Barch on television, it was like, eh, who's this guy? There's there's some there's some information thanks to Davis from our Discord. Okay, so offensive line, I think I, I think you gotta circle that one. You gotta star it. You gotta do what whatever it is to highlight that this is the that this is the weakest uh unit uh uh if Trent is not healthy uh on the team by far. And 
The second weakest unit, I think we've talked about this all year, is the secondary, especially in coverage, because this this secondary is not built to cover when there's a quarterback who keeps his offensive possession alive with his feet like Lamar Jackson does. Every time I was actually hoping he was throwing out of the pocket because when he was able to leave the pocket, then that's when we got called for holding and pass interference and all these different things. And he's making plays on his feet. Uh, Fred, I'm glad that Fred still, his ACL is intact because <sighs> he got shook on one of those. Uh, and I was a little worried. I think he was a little embarrassed and then probably caused him to do some goofy stuff for the rest of that drive too, like jumping over the line on a, on a third and one or what a fourth and one or whatever that was. So there are two weak, two really two real question marks for this all-star roster that, if you lose a little bit more depth, they had Jason Verrett out there for two and in one play. He gave up a touchdown. Oof. So and and did not look good at all. I mean, which it, I mean, how could he? It's hard to it's hard to put that dude. And you know, Aikman says been dealing with injuries for two years. Man, that play dude has played sixteen games in seven years. What you yeah. know, it's. It, that's just a tough position to put somebody in. That's oh, all yeah. I'm going to say about it. Uh, with a bad I, wheel, I, yeah. I root for the dude, but, oh, yeah. man, if it, again, the, for me, I said this on Facebook today, it's worse for you to realize. If that dude, if you're out there counting on that dude, it's, you know, I, I, I never thought these words would come out of my mouth. I'd rather have Josh Norman out there. I mean, <laughs> I, you know, at least I know, you know, he's going to just grab the dude yeah, and, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and just take the hole. But, um, yeah. By the way, just... by the way, you could tell my Christmas evening is got a little bourbon and, and ginger ale going on. So nice. Uh, I, I usually would have tea and you and I would have, and it'd be nice and calm. But I was like, you know what? I can't be drinking yeah. no tea after that game. Mm-mm. Uh, yeah, so I wish I had some burden. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, the thing that scared me most about the Ravens, the Niners, the way that the Niners establish themselves is they get the ball or actually usually they start out on defense. They stop you on defense and they get the ball and they go downfield, just boom, 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 boom. They're, and then they're up seven, zero. And with a seven, zero lead, they're going to just try and out-scheme you and out-tough you. And the few times that they've lost this year, it was almost like the team was like, mm, you may out-scheme us, but you're not going to out-tough us. Mm-hmm. And that was my biggest fear with Baltimore, was mm-hmm. Baltimore was not going to be intimidated by how physical the 49ers play. Baltimore is usually the team giving out the physical beatings to, to the other teams. And so... You know, when when this team has had that adverse uh, um, adversity, they have not fared well. They're so talented that when they don't have that adversity, it's a boat race for the most part. Mm-hmm. But you have a team like Baltimore who's built on toughness, and, and we saw it with Cleveland as well. Even though I still think, you know, push comes to shove, you probably should have 
you probably should have won that Cleveland game. You should not. They, mm-hmm. they were they were not winning this game. Uh, mm-hmm. Cincinnati is another one that comes to my mind. These teams from the A. I don't know if it's an AFC North thing, but those teams were were not. You know that they weren't going to lay down once they they you know once they saw the Niners. It kind of reminds me of uh, Mike Tyson. Like when I was growing up, Mike Tyson, baddest man the- alive. That is and, the exact example that I used earlier this week in that I, I'm not going to be revisionist and say that I called that Evander Holyfield was going to beat Mike Tyson, <laughs> but I knew that Evander Holyfield wasn't going to be intimidated by Mike Tyson. Yeah, uh, the second, I knew the second that for that, damn sure. <laughs> it's almost like the second that the Niners knew that they were in this tough game, it was like, okay, we, you know, we're not going to play the same for whatever reason. And we do have to talk about this. I don't even know what the answer is to this. But Shanahan coached 49er teams 0-38 after being behind to start the fourth quarter. I don't even know what that means. In some some cases, I know it meant that they just had some really poor teams and Mm -hmm. some really poor quarterbacks early on. But, you know, in the last, you know, if we say 2019 until now, there's some pretty good football teams. And to- and that's and that's what you do. You go and parse the numbers. Half of those are like in 17 and 18. Yeah, which half of you those kind are of with- throw out of the window because they aren't that good. But then, like you say, the other half, you know, are firmly within, you know, the Jimmy Super Bowl window. Now, again, 2020, you know, he got hurt. Um, so then that's kind of funky. But yeah. but by and large, like I say, half of those are in during times when we had, you know, good football teams. Yeah. So it's just I I I don't really I don't really have an answer for it. You know, I I know in moments like this we'll throw whatever the, the previous streak was and now again <laughs> Kyle stinks. And I I just, I just, I don't, I just don't believe that it entirely, there might be something. This man has been in his bag pretty much all season long. Yeah, he really has. I mean, and again, I have always said that I, I think he's beyond reproach as an offensive coordinator. Now, if you want to parse and nitpick, some of his decisions as far as running the team. Okay. We could do that, but you can't separate the two. So if we talk about going to the extremes of firing Kyle Shanahan, well, guess what? The best offensive coordinator in the league walks out the door too. So, I mean, I I don't know. It just seems like it always happens in these moments that the, and it seems just kind of lazy to me to, um, to say, oh, you know, Kyle sinks. But I think you were onto something with this come from behind thing. I don't know if it has something to do with our style of play. Mm-hmm. Tonight, I definitely believe that we kind of got out of character um, in the way that we normally play. We We went a lot more pass heavy and kind of, decided i guess for whatever reason that we weren't going to be able to punch these dudes in the mouth and um just run over the top of them which is not the craziest 
you know, assessment in the world to make that to see that, hey, maybe this is not the best course of action just to keep pounding our heads against these dudes. I don't, you know, I don't, you know, I don't know. I'm not claiming to have any answers, but um, I do find that interesting that um, today it just did not seem like, and then, you know, Brock, a couple of those were just bad passes and then some bad luck happens, but that happens all the time. Lamar had one that was like, you know, you know, fluky kind of play too. So, I mean that, you know, you kind of can't make stuff like that be the reason, but um, it's definitely something that to keep our eye on again, we're, we're at that place where, we got down and it kind of was a wrap. You know, I posted that on Facebook as just, you know, a hypothetical question is, are we, are we at the point where we're just accepting the fact that we're front runners? That that's the word that kept coming to my mind, but that is also a word that I think people take negative. They think it's like a pejorative. And what I, what I was thinking when it came to front running is, you know, when everything is working, when your your head coach is calling the right play and Brock is able to go to his first read if he wants, today that first read was not available uh, uh, except in, in garbage time when Ayuk, you know, I think Ayuk had five catches for 100 yards in like the fourth quarter, uh, but he was not available in, in at all in the first half. You saw a lot of Brock taking that drop, pump, look, pump. And then you, you, you're you an NFL quarterback. You pump twice with the 49ers offensive line, you're done. It's a wrap. And so, you know, when everything is working great, their offense is like one of the greatest offenses that, that you've seen in modern-day history. But, and I would love to hear, I, I, I can't wait for someone who is going to watch the tape who's going to explain what Baltimore did that some of these other teams haven't been able to do. What I saw, you know, what you can see from the the TV version of the game is it looked like they had some really disguised blitzes that Brock did not see until late. It looked like uh, whatever they were doing um, coverage-wise, like there were moments where he thought, he was going to be throwing into traps. And so he was looking elsewhere. And so his first reads not there. And then lastly, you could also say the pass rush did a really good job because you, he felt the pressure. He knew he was counting in the back of his mind, you know, okay, when I get to, you know, this number of seconds, I better be ready to throw. And when I'm not ready to throw, his checkdowns were even urgent and anxious in some instances. So I saw that from uh, from the Ravens, and I didn't, uh, you know, I, I don't know what, what else is out there that's in the tape. I'm sure there's going to be a ton more, and I'm sure the teams who are in the playoffs are going to be looking at this game specifically and going like, okay, what did they do to stop the Niners? Now, you look at the counting stats, right? Christian was uh, 14 for 103 and a touchdown. He had like two really, you know, two longish runs. George Kittle, seven catches, 126 yards. Ayuk, six for 113. So the, the some of the numbers were there, but if you watch the game, those numbers didn't even matter, really. Like, 
that it, it it wouldn't even explain to you what happened on the field. And I'm this is not even coming from me saying, you know, oh, all of a sudden Brock is 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 fraudulent or whatever. Like I don't I don't think that at all. I think he had one bad pass in the end zone. He was feeling good. They were cooking and he misreads in the end zone and gets intercepted. And some of those other ones are, are pretty fluky when you look back at it, but it it's about the pressure. Those other three interceptions to me are about the pressure and about the defensive scheme versus what the 49ers are running. You had the corner blitz that he kind of saw at the last minute and he, he was a little bit lazy on his delivery and it got tipped and picked. You had the one where uh, Kittle and the DB kind of converged and that ball went up in the air. And then you had the one where he got hit on the arm. And that was the one that scared me because like, oh my gosh, we're getting hit on the arm again, you know, at this point. Uh, but he was okay. He had to come out of the game because of a stinger. So we did get to see Sling and Sammy Darnold a little bit. That was kind of fun because, you know, we always want to see what he looks like with, uh, with the first team. But the, I, I just give so much kudos to the Ravens. And I know it's kind of hard for fans to do that. You kind of want to blame your team and you want to be hard on your team. You don't want to give the other team credit. That team is good. And I don't know what people think about Lamar Jackson. He he doesn't have the gaudy uh, completion percentage and touchdown X, Y, and Z. That is an MVP candidate. He runs that football Ooh. team in a slightly unconventional way that some other uh, all-time quarterbacks have in the past. But that team, he is the leader of that team. The identity is Lamar Jackson number one especially no mark andrews they just lost their other running back like he is doing all of this stuff with excuses in hand and he still played a heck of a football game today yeah it was it was really good i i i can't get all into the scheme but i know immediately the first thing it's like because we had to call a timeout they um you know like it was on the first or second play they moved Humphrey into the slot on Ayuk, and then it was like they called timeout because it was almost like, what? They weren't expecting that adjustment because Humphrey normally stays outside. He doesn't travel. So that was an interesting wrinkle. I, if you look at my little parlays, I, I thought George would have a big game because they just really don't have an answer for him the ravens don't and it showed i mean he was on fire early on um i think literally he went it was like over 46 he went over 46 on that like the second catch it was you know it was just amazing um so yeah it's going to be interesting to see what the tape breakers find out and if if, if anything that is able to be that's going to travel versus the 49ers because because granted not a lot of people have Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen and um that kid that Kyle Hamilton dude he is a monster he is really good um so yeah I don't know how many teams necessarily have the personnel to do the things to us that the Ravens did but um you know it's a copycat league you know a bunch of that stuff the the um the commandos and the Rams are going to be caught trying to do it. Watch. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we'll see. You know, I, I sense that based on how this game happened, if you're Kyle, you're not thinking 
too far ahead. You're thinking, obviously, you know, you're you're already in the playoffs. Now it's about winning the division, getting that first week by. But I wonder if in the back of his head, he's like, man, I would love another shot at these guys because they I don't I'm not saying they played their hand. They they did they had to win this game too for their mm-hmm. own race. And so they really treated this like a playoff game. And it, I, I was watching the game and, you know, you use that word front runner when the Niners got behind, uh, what was it? 23 to 12. I started to notice some things. Now I'm not going to call anybody out by name. Cause I have never been on a football field with all the hits and the punishment and the pain and the possible injuries and all of those things that happen on the field. So I'm not going to call out anybody by name. This is not going to be a Ricky waters for who, for what moment. Mm -hmm. But I did see some guys making some business decisions on some tackles that maybe, you know, a little bigger guy coming at a smaller guy. Um, I saw the, the offensive line, knowingly that they're just getting dominated this whole time. And you're just like, it just looks too easy. Like there are moments like that when you get behind where that's what causes routes. And I'm, you know, there, there's been some games this season, in the NFL where you see some really wide scores like the Raiders and the chargers from a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And it's just gotta be so hard when you're such a competitive football team to be down. You're not used to losing to be down by double digits in a game where it's like, man, we're just getting outmanned at, at every possible opportunity. And you see a, a guy like Fred Warner, just, I don't know. He was laughing. I don't know if he was embarrassed, but he was making mistakes and you could tell he's eating at him and may, and maybe laughing was a little bit of a way for him to kind of fight it himself. But you know, Lamar's out there. Lamar's out there playing football. Lamar's laughing. He's dapping dudes up who are reading his stuff correctly. Like I'd slice like watching that guy play football, but you know, that was an interesting way that the Niners reacted to what essentially was an ass kicking, especially in the second half, like offensively, they, you know, they tried to come back. I did not agree when, you know, the game's already, they're more than likely losing the game, but it's, you know, third and one from the one. And you know, Sam Darnold, his forte is not rolling out in, in, in any way. And you have a terrible offensive line and you call him to roll out and he get sacked for like a minus 20. And I'm just like, hey, we got Christian who's got the most touchdowns in the league. How would we just give it to that dude? And then we try the off- offside onside kick that that's nit- nitpicking. You know, nobody's trying to to call bad plays or whatever, but it, there's some moments where. You know, it kind of made me wonder that front runner word. Can you have adversity? Can you come from behind? Can you look the bully in, in the face and, and stand up to the bully? Because that's some of what this is going to be for them as they play these harder games. Are they going to be that team or are they, you know, are they going to just fall off if, if you get behind by 10 points or more? And, and you know, because that's what I wanted to see out of Brock today. I was like, okay. Here's some adversity. This is what Rod and I were talking about mm-hmm. last week. Let's see the adversity. And then, you know, some of it was offensive line. Some of it was the Ravens just had their number, but he also did not make those plays. So, yeah. So, I mean, but like you said, it's this, there is a maturation process going on with Brock. And again, it is 
our fan base that sets themselves up for this disappointment when they <laughs> we, had, we to... had the MVP conversation last week. Right. When we're putting <laughs> all of this pressure on this dude and we have to give him some grace in that he is also being placed in situations that he's never been in before. So for him not to perform like let's let's call it since everybody you Everybody else seems comfortable throwing his name out there. The fact that he didn't perform like Joe Montana when he's down 21. Are you you saying Jerry Rice, the goat, jinxed us on this one? Jerry Rice. You know, you want to talk about his his clout chasing ass. You know, because, I mean, (laughs) that's where we're at. Where we're at in social media is if you want – to um, trend or go viral, you either say something um, extremely complimentary about Brock or you crush him. Either way, <laughs> it's going to get you some attention. Shout out to Cam Newton. You know, it. it what, what did Cam say? I saw the YouTube video, but I did not click it. He basically, in Cam's words, I'm paraphrasing, but Dak and Tua and Brock, they ain't me. You know, which is, you know, kind of true in that at both Auburn and Carolina, his situation was get on my back, boys. Yeah. And um, we're going to go. Neither one. None of those guys, while playing well, are in um, get on my back, boys territory, like the people he mentioned, like Lamar and Patrick and Josh Allen. Yeah. Team, you know, quarterbacks for whom their teams are only going as far is those dudes carry him. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. There's can, I, no... can, can I tell you what made me feel a little bit better about Brock's performance? Mm-hmm. The fact that Pat Mahomes lost to the Raiders. I was like, this day just is screwy if that's happening. Yeah, that's crazy. And, and it, shout, it... Out to, shout out to the Raiders for, for winning that football game. Yeah. But you know, to see Pat Mahomes make a, you know, throw the pick like that at the end. And that made me feel a little bit better of like, okay, today's just wonky. Like I just saw Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, you know, miss 75% of their, their threes today. It's just a weird Christmas is a, it was a weird day for, for sports maybe, fans in the Bay you know, area today. You know, maybe they just, you know, and, and rightfully so. Maybe they just don't want to play on Christmas. Yeah, I can't um, imagine. I, I can't imagine if I had to work today, I was going to be my best self. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Had a little bourbon. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. What would what, you think about our defense, though? <sighs> you know, 
they had the ultimate neutralizer, which was Lamar Jackson's feet against a stationary quarterback. They would have got there, but because he's so slick in the pocket, I think all he did was a little shoulder fake on uh who did he do the shoulder chase? I think he did a shoulder fake on Chase Young and Chase Young completely missed a a sack. Uh Bosa Bosa got I think did Bosa get credit for any cuz I know they got to him twice. Who got credit for the two sacks? I know I, I I'm thinking that Chase got credit for one of them. Chase got a half and Gregory got a half and Hargrave got one uh nick nick got credit for three tackles uh all tackles for loss by the way but i i don't see if he he did not uh he did not get any any uh any, anything else he may I, I don't know what what his uh I just, numbers were as I, far as how I, close I, he got though i was thinking earlier this week about how does that affect you, the fact that if you're a pass rusher and you know in the back of your mind, if you don't get this down to the ground, he's like one – I can't – how many quarterbacks in the league right now are dudes that if you get the ball on the 25 and you're pass rushing him, that you have to worry that this dude could – he could take a 75 on you. Um, yeah. Lamar is one of those guys. Justin Fields maybe – um, you know, it, it's got to play into your head that if you don't get this guy down, um, something bad is more than likely to happen. So you you can't just balls out rush like you normally do. You have to be mindful of the fact that um, that's this a dude little is bit a weapon. That's a little bit what Shelvin was wondering in the Discord, like because I was saying how you know. It is something that you and I have talked about all season long. Like the way that the secondary works, they can be a little physical, but their expectation is that they're not going to have to cover for mm-hmm. long periods of time. And so Shelvin was like, well, maybe the fact that they're not getting in on, on Lamar is part scheme. And I was like, well, if it is, they need to tell the def- the secondary because they're struggling, in, you know, for, for that. And I, you know, Fred, Fred was a good spy on Jalen, but Lamar is different. You know, he's different. not the same quarterback as Jalen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a buddy, uh, Larry Caution. Shout out to Larry. Uh, he, I, I think on Twitter, he is a bro caution. He knows a lot of guys on this team. I think he's even done some security for these guys, but he's a diehard Ravens fan. And so he and I were talking about the game a little bit today, and he was saying that their tackles are horrible. Lamar just covers up the flaws. That makes sense. I it was um it was an interesting point that um Igman said that Todd Munkin had mentioned that you know how defenses have to play um two offenses basically. The one, you know, of their scripted play, whatever the play that's called. And then what happens when the play breaks down? It's like it's like two different offenses. Once Lamar breaks the pocket, you know you got a whole nother set of problems that, that um he creates. And again, there there are things like he did to Fred that you know nobody on the planet was gonna <laughs> was gonna make that tackle. If Fred didn't make it, I can't think of anybody else who would have. I mean, it's just you're just he puts you in 
bad, bad positions. And it's, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a challenge dealing with him. And I, I don't, I just, I can't stress enough that I don't think that we need to like, you know, overreact too much to this win other than the fact that we might see them again. And like yeah. you say, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe yeah. they've shown us their best punch. I don't know. Maybe. And, um, you know, now Kyle has another month to uh, hopefully to um go to the lab and be ready for them in the Super Bowl. Cause that's, you know, that was, that would be when it is if next um, time they play. Yeah. If, you know, if we're fortunate enough to get there, but you know, I understand we've got a lot of football to be played again, but between now and then, and hopefully we'll be playing that football with Trent Williams and Aaron Banks, which I can't believe I'm saying, because, you know, I was <laughs> doing a breakdown and like, Aaron Banks has like literally been one of the worst guards in the league this year. Um, <laughs> quietly under the radar. Um, He's got turf toe, man. But, uh, well, I, and, and that I did not know, which might be an explanation for why he has kind of seemed like he's regressed. If he's not I think healthy. He got, didn't he get hurt at the end of the game? Yeah, he did. He, it was like, I, I couldn't tell where he got hurt, but they showed the replay and he definitely got extended. Like his feet were sliding while he was. Yeah. I think he said run. he re-aggravated whatever the turf toe injury was okay. on that play. And again, that's another one like Trent with the groin. I'm not wishing or, or hoping anything on Trent, but a turf toe, that's something that it's not going to get better. Um, during the season, it's you know my understanding of it. I'm no doctor, but my understanding of it is is it's basically you just need to rest it. Yeah, is is how it gets better. And how the hell do you rest it when you're playing? You know, when you're practicing and then playing seventy snaps on you know Saturday, Sunday, or Monday. I mean, it's just you know. So he's never gonna be one hundred percent until which I guess at this point none of these dudes are one hundred percent um anymore um so it's football is that is just attrition and it seems like we are you know the, today was like the worst case scenario with um our, our offensive line i guess you know the fact that we released prior to put Verrett out on the field is you know, not to say that Matt Pryor is any great shakes, but I think he would have been a better option to tackle than, you know, moving over McKivitz and bumping over Burford. You know, it's just hopefully he's still out there and they can, you know, bring him back at least. Um, I hope that the whole Jason Red thing is over. I, you know, I, I, you know, if he is kind of like a, coach and a cheerleader and all of that that's great because yeah. apparently the guys love him and what's yeah. not to love he's a good yeah. dude but um i just think asking him to play any kind of significant snaps is just cruising for a bruising yeah can we go back to brock for just a second because when he threw the first pick my instinct was well, they moved the damn ball. Like, he made a bad play. They're going to get the ball back. 
they're going to go they're going to go back and score and then you know and then he threw the pick which was sort of unlucky great play and then it just kind of went from there but did you think he's he looked a little skittish in the pocket like he looked anxious he looked uncomfortable and you know when you're going to do that Joe Montana comparison not saying that Montana was you know always Joe cool but one of his best traits as a QB was not being skittish and not being anxious and and, and that's definitely sure that- a skill. that's a skill yeah. not to get rattled and and I'm not I, I don't want to put that on him to say he was rattled but it's understandable you know yeah. like Aikman was talking about you know Everybody wants to say next play, but if you've thrown <laughs> three picks, I mean, you'd have to be a zombie not to, um, you know, not everybody can be Joe Montana or Kobe Bryant or Tom Brady to be able to just shake that shit off. I mean, that it, it is completely normal and human yeah. to be like, mm, just to squeeze it just a little bit tighter or try to fit it in there just a little bit finer when you have turned it over three times, and regardless of the circumstances, um, you know, whether they were fluky or not for it, not to affect him. It, it, I think that just, it seems unrealistic to think that it wouldn't have any impact on him because I mean, never, I know never we, done it before. Yeah, I know we we want to make these dudes out to be superhuman, and what they have done and accomplished to get to this point is kind of superhuman. They are definitely one percent, but the fact of the matter is, he has to hear the MVP talk. Yeah, he has to know that this is Monday Night Football. As much as he says it's Christian, right? He he keeps saying it's Christian, it's Christian, but that just means that he knows that they're also talking about him. Right. But I mean, it when you get in a big spot like this, it has to not feel great that you're not that you're having like your worst performance as a pro with all of this happening, you know, with it being Christmas Day and it being Monday Night Football and the whole world's watching. I know that they can't be thinking the whole world's watching and shit like that. You know, that's stuff for people on the sideline to say, you know, but I also think that it's kind of BS when they say, ah, it's just another game. Mm-hmm. Is it, I, you know, I, I guess you better than me. If, if, <laughs> if the, um, and, and rightfully so, if the moment doesn't get to you or the, the magnitude of the stage doesn't get you because they all talk about retired players all talk about there being levels that you know preseason is one thing regular season games are another thing playoffs are another thing super bowls are even you know magnified above that you know and like they talk about the difference when you're in the fucking dressing room for 45 (laughs) minutes i mean it's you know it's just it's it's a different Super Bowls are different, and this wasn't just a, a just another regular season game. I'm positive that this game felt different than the Camp Commandos next week um, will feel. I mean, it's just this was a big stage. It wasn't a playoff game, but 
It's pretty damn the, close. It was one of the one of the biggest regular season late season late regular season games probably in the history of the NFL. Yeah. And now we have eliminated our um cushion. So I was talking online about, you know, what is the circumstances where maybe we can start kind of resting guys and whatnot. Well, that is out the window now because we got to win out. Um, We can't afford to lose to the Rams in week um, whatever, because I don't think the Eagles are going to lose again. Um, So, yeah, I mean, they we don't have a margin for error anymore. Um, That's what this was. And, you know, Aikman talked about that, that, you know, as far as the NFC goes, we aren't in any worse position um, because it's a non-conference loss. But still, what I take away from it is now any kind of um, margin for error is gone. We can't, we have to win these next two games. Yeah. Because I, because I fully expect the Eagles. I mean, if, if, the first the, the first round by matters, which I think it does. Like I, I think I've said on here before, not not so much even the home field, which is important, but I think that that first round by is um super important. Mm-hmm. Um, Look, the Eagles or, are going to win the next two games. I think so. I, Arizona I, I, and New York Giants again. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm I'm fairly, and we don't even you know is it Tyrod Taylor or. Danny DeVito, I, you know, I don't know who's <laughs> playing quarterback for them. Um, well, who's playing for Washington? Is it going to be Jacoby Brissett? I would imagine. Uh, well, because what? Hal has been benched two out of the last three weeks. So I, I don't know. You know, it's not like they're really playing for anything. But I would think, why not just go ahead and start with with Brissett um, if you're I don't know. I I think that that whole thing is about to get blown. I don't think that Riverboat Ron can save himself at this point. But who knows? Um, it's worrisome when you're playing against teams that don't really have nothing to lose. <laughs> so yeah, you, you know why I like. I think uh, not the only reason why I like Lamar. I think more so I fear Lamar as as a fan of the other team. But I think why I like him so much as a player is because he is art that became life because the quarterback that he reminds me the most of is Steeman Willie Beeman. He's like Steeman Willie Beeman (laughs) became a real quarterback, and that is Lamar Jackson. Yep, it's so true. It is so true. Yeah, and it's amazing to watch how those dudes just feed off of him. Um, he really is, I could say, one of those get-on-my-back boys. The, the, his, the, the team is a completely different team when um, he's not in there. I mean, it's because the whole show is built around Lamar, the, their entire way of playing, offense and defense, is predicated on his particular skill set. Um, and that's, you know, that's that's the kind of stuff that is MVP. No, not taking anything away from Brock and what he does. Like I've said a hundred times before, if you want to talk, call him a point guard um, or a game manager, 
as a pejorative, which I don't. I think point guard is an excellent um, analogy for what he does. He is out there to distribute the ball, and he does that at a very, very high level. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, the next step in his growth, and I'm not one who thinks that he is a fully formed player at this point. But the next step in his development is, you know, if that is going to happen, is him to be able to, you know, bring us back in um, situations where we need our quarterback to go out there and make a play. Um, Not just get it to our playmakers, but to actually be the force multiplier that, changes things makes the back shoulder throw in a tight window or you know something to that effect and also as we talked about earlier to be able to stay cool like joe montana because that there is something to that the whole hey h story it's John Candy in one of <laughs> in the in, you know leading up to one of the biggest drives of his career. This dude, you want to talk about being loose? I mean, <laughs> yeah. he's looking in the crowd and shit. So I mean, I think there is something to that too, into in being your countenance and being the embodiment of you know what we got this. You know, I know we down three scores, but you know what? <laughs> you know get on my back boys let's go yeah. get this yeah there there is something to that and the fact that at, in year two that he doesn't have that is not some kind of super duper indictment i don't know not at all it, you know what it reminds me of in uh 84 so the the niners and, and dolphin super bowl i remember dan marino was getting way more accolades than than Joe was because he was having a record-setting year. And I was like, you know, I was trying to go through the history and I was trying to, like, be a smart fan as a, you know, what was I, like, seven years old or whatever. And I was like, okay, well, Joe's won a Super Bowl, so he actually has that on his resume. This is Marino's second year, and he's he's great, but he hasn't really played in, in any of these big games. And so we're watching the Super Bowl, and they do the introductions for, for the Dolphins. And Marino comes out, and my dad screams at the top of his lungs. He's scared. I can see it in his eyes. He's never been there before. And from that moment on, I was like, okay, my dad's probably smart at this stuff. I'm cool. We're, we're winning this game. And then they go out and kill the, the Dolphins. And, and the reason I say that is because you know, Brock is getting so much praise, and a lot of that praise is because people did not see him coming. Now, in some instances, the people who did not did not see him coming, they want him to fail, so they are not wrong. But in other instances, the story that he is telling right now, the narrative of Brock Purdy, is fantastic for the NFL. It is fantastic for the college football game that you can come in and be this guy. And, you know, I just want to make sure that we are not putting and it's it's not even really us. I'm sure the coaching staff and the way the 49ers look at this stuff, they're not they're not putting Brock Purdy in this position 
like you were saying, like a Pat Mahomes, like a Josh Allen, like a Lamar Jackson, those guys have the reps in order for you to say, hey, we may not have the weapons that we once had, but you have those guys on the field. You have a chance. So I just want to make sure fans understand that Brock Purdy in his second year didn't even start until midseason last year. He is still evolving into a starting NFL quarterback who is, you know, dependent on to win football games. And to expect this dude to just be Dan Marino in 1984, like even Dan Marino in 1984, he got beat by Joe Montana. So that mm-hmm. that is that, that's kind of the thing is you know you put these guys on a pedestal, and I and, and is why I said I did not I don't like to be the hunted, is because everyone wants to knock you off. We 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 did this with the Warriors when KD came through, right? It was like, oh my gosh, there's so much pressure for every single game your team loses because they are just looking to knock you off that pedestal. So I like the team approach. I like Brock's read on this. I like Christian's read. I like Kittle. I like Bosa. Hey, Brock, that's one game. We, as a unit, have faith in you. You're the guy. Let's do this together. That's how I want to continue looking at this as well. Because, uh, you know, quarterback, rightfully so, gets the majority of the pub. That's the money position. But uh, for someone like Brock, I think he is going to need his peoples just as much or maybe even more than his peoples need him. And we're going to see how that works because the expectation for him this year is way higher than it was last year when the Niners made the playoffs. Absolutely. And I just, you know, I just hope that – um but you know, fans, we can't. I can't really expect anything more than what <laughs> hey, they're man, short for fanatic, right? What short they're gonna fanatic. do. But yeah, I just, I, I can see it happening, and it's never gonna be our fault as fans for um, having unrealistic expectations. It's gonna be Kyle's fault, or it's gonna be his fault for not living up to our unrealistic or y'all's unrealistic expectations. And, and, and that is just so unfair that um he is, you know, but nobody feels sorry for the quarterback. You know, he's going to get paid regardless. And, um you know, whatever's going to happen is going to happen, but it's not going to be, you know, I'm not saying you should feel sorry for him, but I, I think he is in a um no-win situation. Um, if he's great, then, you know, see, we told you he was great, but if he's not great, then it's because of some failing of his and not the fact that we didn't let it just play out, um, and let him be who he is, which, you know, it's just, this is unfair. I mean, I just want to let the dude play. And if he turns out to be Joe Montana 2.0, great. But if he's not, and he's just the next Brock Purdy, he's already, in my opinion, from the last pick in the draft, he's already like exceeded all manner of expectations with the level of play. Even if it just turns out that this is just a hot streak and then he just kind of fades off into the sunset and is just a, you know, a 12 year NFL player. I mean, that, that already, like I say, from his humble beginnings, 
this has already been a huge win for him and the franchise. But yep. I know we always want more. So Absolutely. it's not going to be, it's, it's never going to be seen as the win that it already is if he doesn't win the big one or, or do something, you know, outsized, like win the MVP or win four championships or something, you know, whatever the rid- ridiculous <clears throat> bar that we keep goalposts that we keep moving. Um, but yeah, I, I think the dude is fantastic and I think he is perfectly suited for what we have here right now. And, um, I'm confident he'll bounce back next week and, um, and on into the playoffs. I, I fully expect that, um, we, that he has, you know, it's already been a great season that he continues to have a great season. And as long as we aren't, behind in any <laughs> playoff games. No, I'm just playing. No, maybe he'll get that figured out too. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I think Kyle, Kyle's probably the one chomping at the bit the hardest to get back out there because Baltimore was ready. Baltimore was ready for yeah, some they of this were. stuff. Yeah, they were. So. They came they, they they came all the way across country and were not <laughs> playing any games. So, no. yeah, that's going to be it's, – it's going to be interesting to see how we – um how we bounce back. I mean, if we go, are we going to go across the country and um, lay the smack down on the commandos or are, is there going to be some kind of like a lay um, um, some kind of hangover? It's going to be interesting to see how we respond to this. Yeah. Hope, hope we'll see what the injuries are like. I know Armstead didn't play Hargrave did play today. And we talked about the offensive line. They had some injuries today. And you have the shorter week, so that is going to be yeah. a thing for them. Now, Washington is is one of the poorer teams in the league. But if you look ahead for two two weeks, the Rams are like in the sixth spot for Ooh. the the they NFC need that win playoffs. So the when we play the Rams in week uh, eighteen, they're that's going to be their playoff game. So that's that, that I think if you're worried about that game, you, you have a right to be worried because they're going to play like there's no tomorrow. Yeah. And it's interesting, you know, Washington this week, even like you say, they brought in Brissette. They weren't playing like a team that was like one, two, three Cancun. They, they seem <laughs> to, um, they seem to be still engaged. Um, I don't know. And if, Anybody, if you know anything about Eric Bieniemy, you know his offense is going to continue to play because he's kind of a, a taskmaster, and you just won't play if you aren't really out there. And I mean, even on these sorry teams, you know, they always talk about how in football they're trying to put out good tape so that next, you know, they're trying to play for their next job. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I would not go into Washington expecting these dudes to kind of lay down. Uh, and then it's another holiday game, and you going all the way across country on New Year's Eve. Uh, I don't know. I, 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 I just while I think they should, they will and should be fired up. I could easily see where this is like a hangover game too. I mean, it, it's, it's, um, yeah, it, it could be a bad spot for us. So we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully we get it together and we're able to go establish our dominance over there early and, you know, get a real good big victory. Cause I, I, I think that um, 
that last game of the season is going to be a Donnybrook. I, I don't think that it's going to be an easy game at all. Mm-hmm. Those dudes are, you know, Stafford is slinging it. Puka is phenomenal. Cooper Cup seems like he's, you know, rounding back in the form. They they are, I thought they were going to stink this year. And they, I know. you know, have rounded themselves out to being a, a pretty good football team. What is the week that, you may not be able to do the show right after the game. Is it next week? It's next week, but I'm working on that. So I, I'll let you know midweek. Cause I'm, I'm going to try to go to dialysis early. And if I'm able to get there early, I'll get out early and then I'll should be, be here, you know, at the end. Uh, of yeah. The I mean, and if we have to go in the evening, we have to go in the evening. No big deal mm-hmm. to me. Yep. But, okay. okay. Yeah. You'll let me know. We'll, we'll yep. let folks know. Uh, by uh, by Sunday, what time we expect to go? So, Merry Christmas! Thank you, Rod, for jumping on on this holiday. Uh, I always enjoy talking about this with you. As the Niners were getting trucked, the only thing I was thinking of is I kind of want to talk to Rod about this game because every other fan that I talk to, they're gonna either oh the Niners are, are, are frauds or it's gonna be like eh. Who cares about this game? No big deal to the Niners. They didn't, they, they weren't, you know, they didn't need to win this game. And I think it's in, it's, it's always going to mm-hmm. be sort of in between. So that I'm, I'm happy that we got a chance to do this. Cause I got all of my stuff off of my chest. And I feel like <laughs> <laughs> all right. So for Rod, I am double G. Thanks to everybody for watching on YouTube or listening on the, the podcast feed. You can always Find anything that we put out will always also be posted to the website of bspnmedia.com. So if you can't find our YouTube page or if you can't find the podcast feed, go to bspnmedia.com and you'll be able to find everything that we produce. So for Rod, I am Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.